Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. All right, so many good things happening. I encourage you to take advantage of as many of those as you possibly can. How many of you have had your life intersect with somebody at a really critical, important time in your life and it changed the trajectory of your life? Would you just slip up your hand all across this room? Yeah, I feel you. For me, it was when I was 22 years old. I was a recent Bible college graduate and had submitted my resume to a church in Des Moines, Iowa to, to be their children's pastor. And my wife and I drove from Springfield, Missouri up to Des Moines, almost ran out of gas because we didn't realize that there weren't that many gas stations along the route. And we got there for our interview, and I was introduced to this man by the name of Glenn Reynolds. And before I say that, he called me when I was working at my previous employer 20 years ago. And he said, hi, my name is Glenn Reynolds. I don't know if you've ever told God that you won't move this far north, but I pastor Christian Life Assembly in Des Moines, Iowa. And if you haven't told God that, then I'd like to talk to you. And I was like, well, kind of, yeah, I don't even know where Iowa is. You know, we were looking for someplace warm. And I'm just telling you that that intersection of our life changed our trajectory. And so we came in for that interview that weekend. He hired us, and we served on staff with him for three years, started out in children's ministry, and then transitioned from children into youth and worship. And I'm just telling you that those three years were so formative to me. He was an incredible pastor, incredible boss, incredible leader that shaped really who I am today, and I'm grateful for his influence. And I'll just tell you that his influence didn't stop 17 years ago. He's continued to be a trusted mentor and friend. We talk regularly, at least every week on the phone. I don't want to say daily, but, you know, every week for sure. And there, he's the kind of person that I can bounce off ideas. When I have need of prayer, I can call him, and he's a faithful man of God to pray and believe that God will hear the prayers. And I'm just telling you, this morning he has come here today with this incredibly powerful message that I believe is going to change and transform some of your lives. I believe that some of you are here today not by accident, but by the divine encounter of the Holy Spirit working through your life for you to be here to hear this message, and it's going to set some of you on a different trajectory. So would you join me in giving a warm welcome to Glenn Reynolds as he comes to preach this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. I love you, buddy. I tell you, you have an incredible pastor and his wife, Erica, and their family. Aren't you grateful for the gift the Lord has given you? I tell you, I, Jonathan and I do talk every week, and uh, we tend to talk two or three times a week. And uh, uh, one time we were talking, and he's, he was talking, and he was asking, how do you kind of Sometimes you need to call people, but you don't want it to last a long time, but you need to call. And I said, well, here's what I do. When I need a call to be short, I call like 10 minutes before because I'm a minister, but I'm also an attorney. So I'll say, it's 10 minutes, I have to be at court, and I call and say, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm on the way to court, and we just talk for 10 minutes, and then you say, hey, I'm at court, I have to go. And then he suddenly made a realization Not only was he receiving this advice, but he had been a practiced this advice upon him more than once. And so then I felt bad and had to apologize. And it was so now I just uh, 
I don't know. I just, I still do it. I still do it. I still do it. I do it with my mom most of the time. Have you, do you have a mom like that? You call and I put her on speaker and then you just mute it and talk to the people in the car and you just come on and say, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you can mute it again and just keep going. No, I tell you, I love Pastor Jonathan and Erica. I love coming to this church. I don't know how many times I've preached here, but I mark it on my calendar. And I'm always excited to come to, to this church because I hope you understand God is doing something amazing in you and through you in this community. And if you don't understand that, let me just give you a little context to it. Uh, Pastor Jonathan told me that on Easter, you had over 1,100 people in service, and many people gave their heart to the Lord. I understand there's about 10,000 people in town. That's 11%. Where I live, there's 1.8 million people. We would have had 180,000 people at church. Do you get that? God's doing something. The Assemblies of God, since covid Attendance has dropped by 25% in the average Assemblies of God church. And yet in this church, it's growing by 25 and 30% every year. Why? Because you are allowing God to work in you and through you to do something amazing in this community. You have an incredible team and an incredible board, and God is at work, and you get to be a part of it. Would you just give Jesus a great clap of praise for that? Now, now, my wife Amberly wishes she could be here, but she can't. So, would everybody just stand up real quick? Just stand up or stand up real, real quick. She's singing uh, at the church we attend uh, on the worship team. And normally, when I'm not out preaching, I teach uh, two year olds uh, on, on Sundays. That's my group, two year olds. But let's just get a selfie so I could send that to uh, Amberly. Everybody, kind of, uh, kind of wave or something. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. You can be seated. I'll send that to her. I want to say thank you. Uh, I'm an attorney. I practice law. I have Reynolds Law Group, but we also have Reynolds Ministry Group, which Pastor Jonathan's a part of that on our board. And one of the things that you've done over the past several years is through your kingdom builders, you have helped us. Uh, our goal or purpose at Reynolds Ministry Group is to help people, leaders, and churches take the next step on their redemptive journey. Here's what I know about everyone in this place. You are on a redemptive journey. God is working to redeem the evil, bad things that have happened in your life and bring good out of them so that the kingdom of God can go forward. How many believe that? Say amen. And so we come alongside individuals. We come alongside leaders and alongside churches to help them on that journey. And one of the ways we do that is we have we have created an incredible brand new resource that actually today is the first day we're making it available. And your Kingdom Builders giving has helped purchase the lights and the cameras and all the things we needed to make this. The message I'm going to talk to you today about is surviving the worst. Everybody in this room has had something horrible happen to you that was the worst day of your life. And this resource is called Surviving the Worst, a 30-day devotional experience. Here's how it works. You purchase this for $25, and on the back is a QR code. You take your phone, you scan the QR code. There's a 70-page devotional with writing assignments, with reflection questions, with spiritual exercises, with prayers, but also every day has a six to seven-minute devotional where I teach you some of the things that we have learned through the incredibly challenging journey 
that our family has been on for the past three years. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. If you're going through a struggle, if you're going through a difficulty, if you're going through a challenging season in your life, this 30-day experience, let us come alongside you and walk with you. Here's what I know. God wants to walk with you through the valley so that you can come out on the other side. And this resource, Surviving the Worst, a 30-day experience, can help you do that. We have it in the back, uh, and we'll make that available. Have a couple other resources. Another, you know, Pastor Jonathan in the first service, he told them everything he learned that was good, uh, he learned from me, and everything that he does that's not good was from somebody else. I'll say that in reverse. Everything good about me, he got. And, uh, and the bad, he didn't. And so he is just, I love this man. Uh, I had a mentor like like that in my life. His name is Gary Brothers. He's now 68 years old. He pastors a church of around 2,000 people in a town of 35,000, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And he's written two books that really helped me. And this is another way we want to come alongside people on their journey and help them. And the first is called Burning Bushes, Keys to Discovering Your Destiny. I was a young man. I wanted to be a lawyer. I, I was, had a scholarship to the University of Kentucky. But God called me into ministry and had a destiny for ministry, and then I didn't understand it, but then God brought the law and ministry back together later in my life. And so this book about burning bushes, Keys to Discovering Your Destiny, is, is a critical book for every believer because I believe that if you are alive, turn to your neighbor and make sure they're alive, if you're taking up space and sucking up air, God still has a purpose for you, amen? And this book will help you discover your purpose and discover your destiny. Here's what else I learned as we went through the struggle that we faced in the loss of our son is that we had to have relationships to help us through that. And this book by Pastor Gary Brothers, The Hidden Power of Relationships, talks about how to build relationships, how to grow relationships, how to get out of unhealthy relationships. Anybody ever been in one of those? And don't look at your spouse right now. That's not the one we're talking about. This book will help you uh, get out of, will help you get into good relationships and get out of unhealthy relationships and learn the tools you need to build a great life through relationship. One is too small of a number for greatness. And so we have these three resources to help build your relationships, to help you achieve your destiny, and to help you understand how you can make it through the struggles that you have. All together, these would normally be $50. We have them all together today for $40. If you would like them, come see me after service. Anybody have a birthday this week? Let me see your hand. You have a birthday this week? Anybody? Anybody have a birthday in the next two weeks? Let me see your hand. You right here? All right, come on up here. Your shirt says amen. There you go. Gift for you right there. All right. Well, listen, I'm a guest speaker. If you're here for the first time, I just want to encourage you, uh, come back next week. The preaching will improve. Uh, so if you're disappointed that it's me, just come back next week, and Pastor Jonathan will be preaching, I think, back on the series Counterfeit, and you don't want to miss that. Uh, things will improve next week. September 30th, 2020 was the worst day of my life. I think if I ask everybody in this room, when was the worst day of your life, you could give me an answer. We all have bad days. I, I, had had, I had had several bad days before that day. For example, 
I was working on a doctorate. I'd finished all the classwork. I'd done 68 pages, my first submission, 68 pages for my doctoral thesis. And guess what? They sent all 68 pages back and said, they're no good, start over. That was a bad day. When I took the job to be a church planner in Des Moines, Iowa, on the first day I came out from under an overpass. I didn't see the red light. I ran into a car driven by a pregnant woman who then ran into another car. We had a three-car pileup. All of a sudden, I was on KCC or KCCI, KCII, whatever, Channel 8, Channel 13, WHO. I was on the news my first day on the job, but not for anything good, but for causing a three-car pileup during rush hour. That was a bad day. How many track with that? How many remember 2008, there was a little thing called the real estate bubble and it burst? That's when we moved from, from Iowa to Virginia and we sold our house and we couldn't get the price out of it that we needed. In fact, we went to closing and as the seller had to take money to closing because we sold our house for less than we owed on it. At the end of that day, we had $8. I was pastor in church of 1,500 people with eight bucks in the bank. That was a bad day. I remember another bad day. I was a junior in high school. I invited this girl named Alicia to come to prom with me. She went to prom, and then we were supposed to go to the, to the lock-in after prom because I was head of the Christian club at our school. And instead of going to the lock-in with me after prom, she left prom and went to a houseboat on Kentucky Lake with another guy. I mean, no, that's a bad day when your prom date leaves with somebody else. If your name's Alicia, change your name. We have bad days. We all have stress. We all go through trouble. We all go through turmoil. Here's what I know about trouble. I've got trouble. You've got trouble. All God's children have trouble. But sometimes we have the worst day of our life. Sometimes we sit in the doctor's office and he comes back in and he says the word we don't want to hear. He says it's cancer. Sometimes we go to work on a Friday and they tell us don't bother coming back on Monday. Sometimes we go home and we find that our spouse isn't there, but the note on the table is, and she's gone, and the marriage is over for good. Sometimes we have to bury a dream because the future that we thought isn't going to happen. Everyone in this room has a worst day of their life, and here's what I'm here to tell you this morning. You can survive the worst day of your life. The Bible is full of people who face the worst Think about it, Mary and Martha on the day their brother Lazarus suddenly died. Think about it, the widow in the Old Testament on the day the creditors came and said, if you can't pay, we're taking your children. Think about Jeremiah on the day the enemy invaded Jerusalem, tore down the walls and sacked the temple and the very place of God's presence was destroyed. Think about David on the day at Ziklag when his family was kidnapped, his house was destroyed, his, his belongings were stolen and his men began to rebel against him. Think about Paul, shipwrecked, snake bit, beaten, run out of town, thrown into prison, whipped with the, the lash 39 times. Paul, what was his worst day? I don't know. It's multiple choice. We all go through the worst, and the word of the Lord for you this morning is this. You can survive the worst. September 30th, 2020 was the worst day of our lives. 942 days ago, our lives changed. 
Last Easter, our church that we attend, a live church, asked us if we would share our story in a video. And they played it at Easter. Thousands and thousands of people watched it. And I want to share that video with you today because I believe that there are people in this room. I prayed this morning, Lord, let there just be one person whose life could be changed, who you could use today, the pain of our past, to give promise to somebody's future. And maybe that's you. So would you join me and let's watch this video together. We didn't have a lot of money. And so we, let me start over. <laughs> we lived across the street from a park and Grant would go over to the park and there was a tree that had been cut down and the stump served as a pulpit for him. And he would preach. He would stand there at four, five, six years old and just preach the gospel. Uh, and he always wanted to be a preacher. He had this bigger than life personality. He had the biggest dreams. My favorite memory with Grant would have to be when he threw me a prom. Right at the beginning of COVID, everything was shutting down. And just a couple hours before, as I was getting ready, it got canceled. And so I was in my prom dress and Grant and Corbin threw me a junior prom. And it was so fun because they put it all together and invited a lot of my friends. And we just ended up dancing and him and I ended up dancing to Sweet Caroline and Caroline's my middle name. So that was just a really special moment dancing with him and seeing him all dressed up. That's probably one of my favorite memories. I was sitting in my office at 2.07, my phone rang, and Amberly just said two words, he's dead. As a husband, as a lawyer, as a pastor, I've spent my life fixing things. But when Grant died, this was something that I couldn't fix. And I had to learn a lesson that there are some things we can't fix. We have to carry them, but we don't carry them alone. That's why small groups are important. That's why core is important, because if we carry them alone, it'll be too heavy. It shattered my world. I was concerned for my family. I, I didn't know how we were gonna walk this out. Uh, it really, it just, everything turned to ash in my, in my mind and in my world. I remember um, telling my mom over and over, my heart hurts. My heart literally hurts so bad. And I did not know what to do other than give it to the Lord. Everything that I had been holding on to as an anchor, I, I hadn't been putting my faith in God at that point. It had just been family. That was gone. And there was nothing that I could do to just rewind. My relationship with the Lord is really what has sustained me through this past year and a half. The presence of the Lord has been and has become so much more uh, present and evident 
It was just what I needed, when I needed it, moment by moment. There was a moment in worship where we were singing the song Promises. And the bridge of the song says, I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my strong and sure foundation. He'll never let me down. It was about six months after Grant's death. The Holy Spirit asked me as we were singing that song, are you going to trust me through this? And I had the, through the verses and back to the bridge to make that choice. And I finally said, yes, Lord, even in the middle of the worst thing that's ever happened to me, I want to trust you. And I'm sure there are people who are in church today who are in the middle of such dire circumstances. And we're sharing our story to just say, you can trust God. Even when you don't think you can, you can be faithful to him because he'll be faithful to you. I really see us leaning on each other when times get hard and we, we come together and we pray and we give it to God every single time. And that's, that's what makes us stronger. I feel like in some ways, the passion that I have when I'm banging on the drums uh, or, or working with the production team um, is a way to show people that, you know, no matter what you've gone through, God makes new started coming and then I started serving on the photography team and I really got drawn in to everything that everyone was doing here and now I'm on I think a couple different serve teams and <laughs> I just kind of help where I'm needed and I just I love it so much because I want to help other people live fully alive when they're going through a really hard time and their heart is really hurting and we don't want to waste our pain we want to use it as an opportunity to tell other people, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, even when you feel like you can't go on another minute, Jesus will meet you and you too can become fully alive. Give the Lord a great clap of praise this morning. There's an incredible passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verses 8 and 9 that I want us to look at for just a moment today as we talk about how you can survive the worst in your life. Here's what Paul said. Paul said that we are pressed, hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. After Grant died, I want to tell you that I felt all of the first half of that scripture. Maybe you're there today. Maybe today you feel like you're pressed down, you're perplexed, you're confused, you're persecuted, the enemy's attacking, you're struck down. The good news is that you can also be hard-pressed but not crushed, persecuted but not abandoned, perplexed but not in despair, and struck down but not destroyed because the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. You see, here's what I learned from that verse in Lamentations that was just on the screen. We have to remember the truth of God's Word when we are in the midst of of the worst day of our lives. And I want to share with you three powerful truths 
that became a path for me through the darkness and into the light this morning. The first truth is this, is that what cannot be explained can be endured. What cannot be explained can be endured. How many of you, you're maybe going through a situation or you've gone through a circumstance, you've encountered a difficulty, you've been faced with a struggle, something has happened in your life and you would like an explanation from God for why this happened. Raise your hand if you've ever asked God why. Let me see it all over the room. Now, if your hand's not up, you were just probably too scared to ask God why. I remember when Grant died the day before his 25th birthday, I just was filled with the question of why. This is the perplexed part here where we say we're perplexed, we're confused, we don't know what's going on. Why is this happening? Why didn't you save him? Why didn't you rescue him? Why didn't you let us know more about what was going on? And the question of why fills our hearts and it, it invades our spirit. And we ask this question over and over and over again. Why is this happening? If you've ever read the book of Job, Job is the oldest story in the Bible, written even before the Pentateuch. So from the very very earliest history of God's Word, we've been asking why. Job wants an explanation from God. God, why is my family God? God, why do I have all these boils on me? God, why do I have idiots for friends? And why did you give me the wife? You took everything from me, but you left this woman with me. Why? If you don't know the story, the wife's big advice was curse God and die. If your wife's best advice to you is curse God and die, I would ask why too, wouldn't you? And finally, here comes God. God invades Job's life. God is there. And when God shows up, his friends are expecting God to come with condemnation. When God shows up in the whirlwind, Job is expecting God to come with explanation. But God doesn't bring condemnation and God doesn't bring explanation. God just brings himself. And this is what I've learned. You don't always get why, but you don't need why if you have him. If you have him, you have enough. God showed up in Job's life. The God in the Old Testament that said, if anybody sees me, they will die, took time to come from heaven to earth, and he could have explained everything to Job. He could have explained the whole behind-the-scenes operation, that this was a plan of Satan to destroy, and all of this and all of that. But God said, you don't need an explanation. What you need is my presence, because if you're going to endure, you must have my presence in your life. And so many times people say, Glenn, how have you and your family made it through? And I tell them every time, it's because of God's people and because of God's presence. Because in his presence, there is hope. In his presence, there is life. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, I'm gentle. When you come to Jesus, he doesn't wag his finger at you. Say you should have solved this on your own. Jesus says, I'm gentle and I'm also lowly, meaning I'm attainable. You can get to me.
you can reach me. You can come to his presence, and when you have his presence, you can endure. And James 1 says that when we endure, we receive the crown of life. What cannot be explained can be endured with God's presence. Here's the second thing that I've learned that I want to share with somebody that I, I came all the way from Virginia to share with somebody, and that's this. What cannot be fixed can be carried. What cannot be fixed can be carried. Perplexed, hard-pressed. My daughter Morgan said she felt like her heart was being crushed. You saw Amberly in the video saying, my world turned to ash. What did I want to do? I wanted to fix that. Because I'm a person who fixes things. Now, you give me some kind of mechanical thing or some kind of plumbing or electrical, I can't fix anything, but I can write a check. <laughs> but other things, you come to me with an estate problem, I can help you figure out how to fix that. You come to me with some other litigation, I can help you how to fix that. You want to start a nonprofit, I can help you do that. As a pastor, I spent my life trying to help people solve their problems and become everything God wanted them to be. But now I'm faced with a situation that I could not fix. There was no magic wand to wave. There was no brief to file. There was no prayer to pray that would just fix it. All the tools that I had used before weren't going to work in this situation. In Dante's Inferno, there's a line that says this. In the middle of the journey of my life, I awoke in a dark wood, and the way was completely unfamiliar to me. That's what I felt like. I'd just turned 50 the month before. I'd gone through struggles. I'd gone through difficulties. I had days when I only had eight bucks in the bank. But my son had died. My wife's heart was broken. My other children had lost their brother and their best friend. And I couldn't fix it. And here's what the Lord had to teach me. That some things can't be fixed, but they can be carried. But you cannot carry them alone because they're too heavy. And so God brought other people along the way to carry the burden with us. Isn't that what the Bible says? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You exist to carry somebody else's burden with them and you need somebody else to carry it with you because you will be crushed under the weight of the worst day of your life unless you have someone to carry it with you. But watch this. We just don't carry it around on our own for the rest of our lives. We have to carry it and we have to give it to Jesus because what does Jesus say? Cast your cares on me because why? I care for you. There were so many times that I would look and I would feel just disappointed with God and disgusted with God. And what would I have to do? I have to go back to the cross. I look at the cross at what Jesus has done. And when you see what Jesus did on the cross, no matter the bad that's happening in your life, you look and you say, Jesus is good and he wants good for me. And I can cast my cares on him because I can trust him. And within that, here's another phrase I learned to say. When I can't trace his hand, 
I can trust his heart. When I can't trace his hand, I can trust his heart. I can't see what God is doing. I can't see how God is working. But even in the middle of that, I'm going to trust his heart because the cross proves that God is good. Some things cannot be explained, but they can be endured. Some things cannot be fixed, but they can be carried. Some things cannot be reversed, but they can be redeemed. You remember when we were kids? At least when I was a kid, we didn't have a real time to come home. The time to come home was when the streetlights came on and we couldn't see the baseball any longer that we were playing with. Sometimes we'd play baseball in an empty lot in our, in our neighborhood and somebody would run to first and they would think that they were safe and somebody else would think they were out and we had no umpire and so you would either get into a fight and, and whoever won the fight would, would win that part or you would just say this, well, why don't we just have a, a what? A do-over. Have a do-over. You know what I learned through counseling was I played that day over and over in my mind. I played the day before over and over in my mind. Why? Because I was looking for a way to do it over and have a different result. But some things you don't get to do over. Some things you can't reverse. Some things you can't back up and start again. But here's what I've learned. In the grace of God, even the things that can't be reversed can be redeemed. That God is not the author of the horrible thing that happened to you. God is not the author of evil. God didn't make Grant die so he could do some good through it. But even in that worst day of my life, God can redeem it and use it for good in some way. One of the ways that he did that was people donated to our ministry, including this church, and we were able to build a play set in the backyard of a child suffering from childhood cancer. Now, how did we even get to that moment in time? Let's back up. It started at Starbucks. I would go to Starbucks and work on my sermons, go to there and work on my doctoral work, go to there and study for the bar. And along the way, I met a young man named Eric. As Eric and I got to talking, I realized Eric had had cancer as a child and had been given little chance to live. His two cousins had the same cancer and they did not make it, but somehow Eric made it. He became an adult, he was in the construction business and Eric uh, had a friend whose child had cancer and he said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna build a backyard playset for this child. And so he started to build it then he realized he had no clue how to build a backyard playset. So it didn't take one day, it didn't take two days, but it took three days to build the backyard playset, but he said it was all worth it when the little girl went down the slide or swung or swang on the swing, swung on the swing. I don't know when she was swinging, <laughs> and there was a smile on her face, and he knew at that moment neither the child or the parents were thinking about cancer. And he said, "I'm going to start a nonprofit." And we're going to build backyard play sets. And he started a nonprofit called Rock Solid. And today they have built over a thousand play sets in the backyards of children with cancer all over the country. And your church through Kingdom Builders helped with one of those. And here's the message from Eric. He cannot reverse it. He could not go back and change it. But what you cannot reverse, God can redeem. He works in all things for your good if you'll let him.
What cannot be in, in explained can be endured. What cannot be fixed can be carried. What cannot be reversed can be redeemed. On September 30th, 2020, worst day of my life, I woke up and started the day like every other Wednesday. It was a beautiful day, 75 degrees. I had a small group I met with via Zoom. And that day, the lesson was Jesus' parable about the wise man who built his house on the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And it reminded me of growing up in the little Baptist church in the country surrounded by a cow pasture and a, and a cemetery singing that song about the waves came up and the floods came down and the house on the rock stood firm, but the house on the sand went splat. That was my favorite song. Just because you got to yell splat, I guess. I didn't really offer much in that meeting, but I did say this. The question isn't whether storms are going to come because storms are inevitable. The question is whether you're ready for them. Have we built our lives on Jesus? Are we anchored to the rock? And little did I know the storm was already there. I told the story a little bit about the song Promises. Here's what I've learned. I've learned you have to continue to anchor yourself to Jesus through the storm. When I was 13 years old, we attended a charismatic church, independent charismatic. It was kind of wild. And uh, one day, they, the preacher had been preaching several weeks. I'd been feeling conviction of the Holy Spirit. I need to give my heart to the Lord. Finally, we're singing a worship song in the middle of worship, no altar call, nothing. And I went up to the altar right over in that area, and I just began to cry. And the pastor came over, and he said, Glenn, what can I pray for you about? And I said, I need to get saved. He said, I thought you were saved. I thought, why are you arguing? <laughs> the fish has bit the hook. Reel me in. And so we prayed, and, and, and I gave my heart to the Lord May 3rd, 1984, and we were in worship again just six months after Grant died. Worship had been so meaningful to me my whole life. I can't sing. I asked my wife one day, I said, what's my problem? Is it pitch or tone? And she said, yes. <laughs> but I always loved worship. But when Grant died... I thought my worship was broken because we would sing a song like Jaira, the Lord's our provider. I would say, but you didn't provide for Grant. We'd sing Waymaker. And I'd say, but you didn't make a way for Grant. We'd sing Generation. You know that song about, you know, it goes from generation to generation to generation. I would be like, God, I am sick of this song because it ended at a generation. I thought my worship was broken, but then later, this is another message, God taught, taught me that it wasn't broken. I was just engaged in a lament. During promises, though, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. We got to that verse that said, you know, that Jesus is our firm foundation, our anchor to the ground. We've got to make a choice. Are we going to anchor to him or not? The Holy Spirit said, you made a choice in worship all those years ago to follow me. Are you going to follow me and trust me through this? I was thankful because I wasn't ready to answer. So we sang the chorus again, and then we sang the verse again, and then the verse again, and then the chorus again. We, we, we sing a lot. And then I finally got back to the bridge. And I was in the place that some of you are in here today. 
the Holy Spirit is asking. I know you're going through something horrible. I know you're going through something terrible. But here's what the Holy Spirit says. Will you trust Jesus? Will you trust him? Because if you trust him, you'll get through this. It won't be easy. It won't be painless. It will be messy. But you'll get through it. So don't be naive. Just think it's not going to cost anything. And don't be foolish and run out and do something crazy. But with God's help, you'll get through this. And I had to say again, yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you today. And I believe there are people in this room that the Holy Spirit has brought me here on this Sunday and has brought you here. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. And the message from the Lord is this. You can survive the worst. What cannot be explained can be endured. What cannot be fixed can be carried. What cannot be reversed can be redeemed. And with God's help, you'll get through this. Would everybody stand with me this morning? His heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never prayed a prayer that says, Jesus, take charge of my life. Jesus, I give you my life. You are my Lord and I am your servant. You've never prayed a prayer like that. Listen, you're never gonna get through the worst without him. And so you need to, you need to choose to be a follower of Jesus today. Or maybe you've prayed a prayer like that, but you've walked away from him. And today you say, Glenn, I wanna come back because I realize how much I need him. Or maybe you're just not sure where you stand with God, but you say, I wanna make sure my heart's right with him. You've never given your heart to God. You've walked away from God. You just wanna come home today. You're just not sure where you stand. I want to pray for you this morning. We're going to pray together. You're not going to be asked to, to pray aloud just by yourself. Everybody's going to pray with you. But I think the best day of your life could be this day. Even if you're in the middle of your worst days, this could be a best day because this is the day you invited Jesus to come into your life and take charge. This is the day you came back home to him. This is the day you made sure your heart was right with him. I'm going to count to three. And if you say, Glenn, I'm one in one of those categories. Include me when you pray. Don't leave me out. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be left behind. I want to be included when you pray that prayer. I need to come back to God. I need to make my heart right with God. I need to let God take control of my life today. If that's you, when I count to three all over the room, lift up your hand and say, include me in that prayer. Don't leave me out. I want to be included. Are you ready? One, two, three. Lift it up all over the room. Yes, lift it up. Hold it up high. There you go. Not for me, but for the Lord. Yes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many else? Eight, eight, nine. Wonderful. How many are so proud of these folks? You can put them down. How many, how many think it's the best thing they could ever do? Then let's all pray together right now. Everybody pray with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I ask you today to forgive me of my sin, to take charge of my life. I give my life to you. I will follow you from this day forward. And I believe that I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, there's, they're going to put a number on the screen. And you can text the word yes to that uh, number. 
And then the, the church here will follow up with you and be able to walk with you on that journey. I want to pray for you again. It's good just bow your heads again. You're here and you're going through something. You're going through a trial. You're going through something, maybe it's the worst day of your life. You're just going through a battle. You're going through a struggle. I want to pray for you today. If you've been feeling like giving up, if you've been feeling like giving in, if you've been asking why and not getting answers, if you feel like your heart's been crushed, if you've been feeling perplexed and pressed hard against and uh, abandoned, I'm here to tell you, you can survive the worst day. You can be perplexed but not abandoned. You can be uh, pressed hard against but not crushed. You can be struck down but not destroyed because with the Lord, you can get through this. He will help you day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour say, Glenn, I'm going through something. Pray for me that God's presence would come and meet me in the middle of my pain. Pray for me this morning. If, you, if that's you, would you just slip your hand up real quick all over the room? Slip it up. Hands going up all over the room. Just lift it up. Say, I'm going through something. I want to be prayed for this morning. I want, I don't want, I can't carry it alone. I'm going through something. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I don't know, 20 something, 30 hands up. Father, you see every hand, you know every heart, you know every journey, you know every need. I don't know them, Lord, but you do. So I believe right now by your Holy Spirit, you can do a sovereign work in people's hearts and lives. Lord, we come and we carry our cares to you today. Jesus, who is gentle and lowly, we bring them, these burdens weigh us down and we cast them at your feet today. I pray you strengthen weary souls. I pray you give hope to broken hearts. I pray you give rest to racing minds today in Jesus' name. If you receive that prayer, would you say amen? We're going to sing this song and as we sing this last song together, there are going to be people who want to pray with you. And there were 20 or 30 people who raised their hands that I'm going through something. As we sing this song and prayer team members come forward, don't feel like you have to carry that alone. Just come forward. Let somebody pray with you. Because remember, what cannot be fixed, it can be carried. But it's too heavy to carry it alone. So as we sing, why don't you just bring it and let somebody else pray with you today. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord together. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.